0: It's not just one moment where some big decision falls in your lap and the sky parts and God says, you are my beloved child, you must do this. No, those moments happen because of the little faithful moments that we have day in and day out. My children are getting really interested in space. And so the other day, my son came up to me and he asked, "Uh, Dad, can you tell me what a solar eclipse is? And I just said, no, son. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 180. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that joke if you're a space nerd. Um, (laughs) But we start every episode with a dad joke. So if you're a first-time listener, that's what that was. And please make sure you rate and review this podcast because it helps other people find it. If it's been a while since you've done that and you're a long-time listener, please leave us a rating and a review. I really appreciate that. Go to our website, manafoodforthought.com or manafft.com. While you're there, click on the subscribe button. You can get our weekly Psalm Reflection emailed to your inbox every Wednesday and click on the give button to become a financial sponsor for this podcast for as little as $1 a month. It does cost money to keep on the air, to host the website and to do all the things that we do. So we really appreciate that. On the website, you can see all of our blog, uh, previous vlog content from way back in the day, I think, or maybe I took that down. I don't remember. But you can also see all of our catalog of podcast episodes and our weekly Bible study uh, recording on there as well. So please uh, share this episode with a family, a friend, someone you think might benefit from it. And if you share it on social media, uh, you can please tag us at manafoodforthought.com. That would be great. Uh, sorry, at manoffoodforthought on Instagram. I know what I'm talking about. So, uh, yes, there's the commercial. Let's get into our joy junk and Jesus. Um, man, what a week this has been. My joy has been uh, in one sense that the week is over, um, but it was all good stuff. So, um, let's see, how should I... Okay, so yesterday we went to a wedding, my um, my wife's cousin's wedding. Um, and my wife was a matron of honor, and so it was, it was just beautiful, always wonderful seeing family and being at weddings. But my daughter at weddings is like unreal. She's just a dancing machine. Uh, My five-year-old daughter started a conga line. Like, I don't even know how you go about doing that as a child, but um, she was just having the time of her life. So that was great. And another joy is when uh, I encounter people that tell me they listen to this podcast. And I always love meeting you and hearing that you're listening. And so I'm so grateful. So I just want to give a shout out to Billy. Thank you for uh, for listening, and also to Debbie's mom Nancy. Thank you so much for listening uh, to this podcast. Very grateful to hear that you're enjoying it and benefiting benefiting from it. Um, so my junk, yes, I gave twelve talks in the past week, um, and so I'm tired, but it is a good tired. Um, my voice is very tired. I sound sick, but I'm not. I'm just like vocally exhausted, um, but it's good. So my Jesus moment is that the Lord really worked in all of those things. And even though I should be completely exhausted, um, I felt very enlivened and empowered in doing those. And so, uh, yeah, that was great. We actually had a, a day training here at the parish for youth ministers called Empower. It's a life team training. I gave four talks that day. And it was just, a, it was a huge event. A lot, of, a lot of moving parts and huge, like I was operating off a 30-page outline because I was hosting and giving several talks. And it just like flowed seamlessly. It worked really well. We were on schedule. Um, and yeah, I just really felt like the Holy Spirit was moving. So just grateful to see the grace of God at work in my life and using the gifts He's given me to help bless others. Um, and just making it clear time and time again that it's not me. It's not any, you know, talent or natural thing that I have. It's just, it's really the Lord taking over and doing really cool things. And I just get to like be there to see it, which is awesome. So. Uh, yeah, I hope you have opportunities for that in your own life, too. Let's get into our episode for this week. As always, we're looking at the second reading for the upcoming Sunday. And this Sunday is the 25th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Our reading comes from the book of Philippians. We're finally done in Romans for a little bit. We're jumping to the first chapter of Philippians. And it's kind we're kind of jumping around a bit in Philippians. It's like a weird arrangement of verses. But a little bit about Philippians is that Paul wrote this to the church in Philippi. Uh, which is in, I believe, in modern day Greece, kind of in the Southern Isles area. Um, And he wrote this while he was in prison. But it's called the Epistle of Joy. And I think that in itself, Paul having the ability to have joy and see purpose in a moment where most people might just despair. And you're going to see that in the passage today, because this is just in his greeting kind of explaining his circumstances to the church that he's writing to, to encourage them uh, to continue to live for the Lord and not to be bogged down by any kind of suffering or trial that comes their way, um, but to, to always be fruitfully working for the Lord, serving him. Um, and he's excited that he gets to continue to do that. So um, I'll elaborate more after we read this. So this is from Philippians chapter one, starting partway through verse 20. And then we jump around a bit. Paul writes this, he says, brothers and sisters, Christ will be magnified in my body whether by life or by death. For to me, life is Christ and death is gain. If I go on living in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. And I do not know which I shall choose. I'm I'm caught between the two. I long to depart this life and be with Christ, for that is far better. Yet, that I remain in the flesh is more necessary for your benefit. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Paul is writing here to the church in in Philippi, basically that the whole point of his life is to be close to Jesus. What he's basically saying here is like, look, I'm in jail. I'm probably going to die soon. And if I die soon, that's great. I get to be with Jesus. And if I don't die soon, that's great because I get to keep on ministering and being present to you and growing the church. And so it was this idea that like, no matter what happens, I heard this phrase this week. I really love it. No matter what happens, God is up to something good. God is always up to something good. And Paul is sharing about that reality, how he's experiencing that reality in his own life at this present moment, even though he's experiencing something others might consider a huge suffering, a huge moment of darkness or despair, he sees divine purpose in it. And I love that. The whole point of his life is to be close to Jesus. Because when you're close to Jesus, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. You know Paul recognized he was willing to die ready and willing to die but he was being kept alive for more fruitful labor in the Lord's vineyard <clears throat> he could see that that was God's will either way you know either path was God's will and that seems kind of like odd because i think sometimes we think that like God's will is like written in a book for us and that like every day there's a certain plan that we're supposed to adhere to and if we don't do that then we're missing it no like God's will for your life is for you to be holy to love and serve him in this life and to be with him in the next but there are a myriad of different ways that you could do that that's why the church says that our universal vocation is our is our call to holiness like that's what matters first and foremost that's god's will for your life is for you to be holy to you for you to be set apart from the worldly uh, trappings of this life from attachment to sin and to pursue him but you could pursue him a thousand different ways and it doesn't mean that one is any better than the other or that he's calling you to only one of those and not any of the other 99. No, like the Lord's calling for your life is your holiness, is sainthood, is heaven. And we need to get out of this mentality that like, all right, if God, you know, what is my vocation? Am I going to miss it? Is God like revealing it to me? Do I know what it is? Is he, um, is he somehow like overlooking me or when is it going to come? It's like the Lord's will for your life is happening right now it's to be holy. And the more you're holy, the more you're led to opportunities to be radically holy in specific ways, like your primary vocation, like marriage, the priesthood, the religious life, the single life. Any of those could be possible for anyone. The church teaches that everyone is naturally ordered to the sacrament of matrimony, but some choose to set that aside and lay it down for the supernatural calling to the priesthood or religious life. And so That's something that like anybody can choose. Anybody can discern. But God's will for your life is for you to be holy. The call that we experience when we feel like when someone says like, oh, I felt called to the priesthood. The call they experienced was a call to holiness. And they felt in that moment, the way they could choose to be the most holy and most happy and most fulfilled in this life was to enter that vocation. Whether it's priesthood, religious life, marriage, single life, whatever it is. Love is always at the center. Love is sacrificial. It cannot be separated. Okay? Archbishop Fulton, Fulton Sheen said that love is the soul of sacrifice. And so without love, without this idea that like we're loving and serving the Lord and being in relationship with him, then like no calling makes sense. Discerning the will of God makes no sense because we think it's just kind of this meticulous manual for our life that we have to follow or that we're failing. And you know, if you've ever assembled like a piece of Ikea furniture, you miss one crucial step. Like the whole thing is like structurally compromised, you know, or you end up with different parts at the end, like extra pieces. And you wonder if it's actually going to be sturdy or stable. If you don't follow it step by step, then it means you failed. And that's not how our life with the Lord works, because otherwise we'd all be predestined to heaven or hell. And we'd believe uh, like the like Calvinists do in what's called double predestination, that everything is predetermined by God. Whoever's saved, whoever's going to hell. And we don't believe that. We believe that God knows every possible outcome and he has a plan for our good in every possible choice and outcome that we could make. But the choice is ours. And the ultimate end is always our holiness, our salvation. And so I don't know. I, I just felt compelled to help you if, you if you're listening to this and maybe you struggle with scrupulosity or feeling like, I really need to know what God is saying, or I feel like he's not there and I'm missing something. And we can get very anxious about the spiritual life. And I think if we just take a step back and realize the spiritual life is all about recognizing God is always up to something good. And that there is a will, a vocation, a, a possible choice, uh, a holy path forward, no matter what the circumstances of your life are. And so no matter the mistakes you've made, no matter where you are, You have not missed God's calling for your life because God's calling for your life is to be holy. And that call is here and now, present every day. You can't possibly miss it because you're offered endless opportunities to do it throughout your life and throughout your day. And all of that, sure, at some point in your life will culminate in maybe some bigger decisions. Whether or not you get married, whether or not you choose to to live a chaste single life, whether or not you choose to discern or enter into the religious life or the priesthood, those things will come, but only because you are discerning the will of God in your life which is that, he, that God will be magnified in your body, whether in life or in death, in the words of St. Paul. Just like Mary, who's our perfect example of being a disciple, of following God, of saying yes to him, of following his will, she herself uses that same language in Luke chapter 1, verse 46. She says, my soul magnifies the Lord. That's why her song is called the Magnificat. She uses the same language where Paul says, Christ will be magnified in my body. We magnify God. We make him more present. We make him more visible. That's what a magnifying glass does. It makes things more visible and present to us. We do that when we are holy, when we love well. Not just but because we made one choice or because we're discerning one vocation at this present time. No, it's our universal call to holiness that every day we are presented with. I think they say the average amount of choices a person makes in one day are about 10,000 we're presented with 10,000 opportunities every day to be holy or to not be holy. And so what does that look like in your own life? What if we focused more on the little things? You know, at this wedding I was at yesterday, uh, the, the person officiating the ceremony, my wife's uncle, he said, uh, in marriage, the little things are the big things. And I think the same thing is true in faith. The little things are the big things. Just like in the parable of the talents, where Jesus, you know, uh, the, the, the landowner or the master of the house says, uh, because you've been faithful in small matters, I will give you great responsibility. Come share in your master's joy. To those who were faithful in the little things, the big things fell into place more easily. We build our ability to be faithful to God in big choices by being faithful to him every day in little decisions and little moments. That our life is not a series of big cataclysmic moments with God, where we have these life-altering decisions and we choose just our ultimate vocation in marriage or religious life or whatever. No, our, our relationship with God is in the day in and day out. My marriage to my wife wasn't just our wedding day. Our marriage is really built on the small choices, sacrifices, and loving actions that we did building up to that day and that we've done ever since in building our marriage and continuing to strengthen it ever since we got married over 10 years ago. And so... Being holy, pursuing that, it doesn't mean waiting for one distinctive moment or choice. It's about every choice, every day. Being faithful to God as he is faithful to us. Paul basically says in Philippians later on, he says in chapter 3, starting around in verse 7, he says, whatever gains I had, these uh, these I have come to consider a loss because of Christ. Like anything about me means nothing. I want to follow Christ. But more than that, He considered everything as a loss because of the supreme good of knowing Christ Jesus the Lord. He says, For his sake I have accepted the loss of all things, and I consider them so much rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him. And he continues on. But basically saying, like, everything in this world means nothing compared to Christ. It's rubbish. The actual word he uses in Greek is skubala, which is a curse word in English. And so he considers, like, all of that nothing. Like, just reputable something that he would curse at in comparison to that one vocation that we all share of holiness making everything about pursuing the lord pursuing heaven pursuing holiness every day every choice every moment is an opportunity to know god's will and calling for your life it's not just one moment where some big decision falls in your lap and the sky parts and god says you are my beloved child you must do this no Those moments happen because of the little faithful moments that we have day in and day out, seeking God's will for our life, which is our holiness, our sanctification, exercising sacrificial love in all that we do. And so I don't know if you're a person that gets scrupulous or anxious about these big things or about where you're at in your life, or maybe God has forgotten you or looked over you or you've missed, you know, your opportunity to live the life God wants for you. Absolutely not. I'm here to tell you as a brother in Christ, that is not true. If God was done with you, you'd be dead. He would take the air out of your lungs. He'd have no purpose for you. By virtue of still being here, breathing on this earth, he is not done with you. And you still have a vocation to holiness. You still have a calling. He still has a will, a plan, and a purpose for your life that will bring about your greatest good because God is always up to something good in your life and in mine, always. No matter what he allows to happen, he is always up to something good. And so I pray that you will trust that and believe that this week, especially in the ways that you doubt, worry, or get scrupulous or anxious about the Lord's will for your life. And if you've missed something, you haven't missed anything. God is here. You're exactly where you're supposed to be, especially when you are following and seeking the Lord. And if you feel that there's a tension there, then maybe it's more a sign that you're not following and seeking the Lord's will in your life every day. And that's why these things seem very ominous or like we may miss them. So instead of focusing on the big decisions and the big vocation and the big things that God might be asking of you, focus today on being holy in the small things. Because that is where that faithfulness comes. That is where your vocation, your universal vocation to holiness, truly lies. And it will lead you to the bigger things. That is all I have for you, my brothers and sisters. God bless you, and until next time, I will see you in the Eucharist. Bye.